Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Brought to you by John Crumpton. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. You guys doing okay? This is a great, great day. So good. Wow. We've had a wonderful, wonderful weekend with Cameron and Susie Yurei. And uh, many of, of, of our folk, and obviously yesterday with the worship workshop, uh, the, the, those involved in, in worship and creative ministries and so on, uh, were just absolutely, you know, touched by, by a fresh breath, a wind of the Spirit blowing through. So, so good, yeah? But also the Friday evening and Saturday evening events, just wonderful times of being in His presence and, um, and a couple of spiritual downloads. They're so, so good. And you know, the Lord is doing a new thing and a fresh thing among us at this time. You can sense that the, the water level is rising. You can feel that the spiritual environment is rising and rising and rising. We're going to new heights. You can feel it when you walk in the building. It's like tangible. I'm just putting words to what you felt when you walked in here. And in the worship, they're being carried along by the Spirit of God and we're going into higher heights. It's because the Lord is busy doing a new thing among us. Can you perceive it? See, I do a new thing. It springs up. Do you perceive it? Why did the prophet have to, have to ask the people, do you perceive it? That would be because they weren't perceiving it. Right. And so they had to be kind of provoked, like, oh, take a look. Oh, yes, yeah. You know, someone, when someone draws your attention to kind of, hey, look at that. Oh, yeah. And you were about to walk past it. But because they drew your attention to that, you could catch it. Yeah. And that's, that's sort of what I'm doing. It's like drawing your attention to the fact that this is what you are feeling and sensing. This is what you are being carried into by the Spirit when we come into our times of gathering together. God is doing wonderful, wonderful things. So let's jump in the river because the river is flowing. So let's get in the current and let's go with what he's doing. Yeah? Come on, nudge your neighbor. Say, come on, jump in and swim. It's going to be good. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, a couple of things that I want to share with you this morning about what the Lord is doing in and through the Spirit of God in our day. And this day started 2,000 years ago, but it's still our day. And it's still what God is doing. And part of what He's doing is an answer. To the prayer of Moses. Now Moses was friend of God. He was the most humble man on the planet. Yeah. He was also known as a prophet of God. He was someone through whom the Lord did some of the most extraordinary miracles humanity has ever witnessed. He's just an amazing, amazing guy. Yeah? 
And he's leading the people of God through the wilderness. And, I mean, there are a few million of them. This is, this is one big family. And he is the one oak having to sort out all of the issues. He's like a prototype for the judges. And he's about to face burnout. So God orchestrates for him to catch a wake up and says, well, here's what we're going to do, Mo. I'm going to take some of the spirit that's on you and I'm going to put it on 70 of the elders. So, you know, email the gang, tell them, tomorrow we're going out to camp and let's get ready and God's going to do something amazing. I'm going to anoint you. Unfortunately, two of the guys overslept. They stayed behind in the tents, in the camp, and the others were out there. And so God did exactly what he said he would do, and he poured out his spirit on them. But these two oaks who were back in the camp, even though they hadn't done everything that they should have done, the Holy Spirit still fell on them, and they start prophesying in the camp. Yeah? And then the tittletale. There's always, right? Hey, that's not fair. Hey, you didn't qualify. What are you doing prophesying? And they run off to, to Moses and to Joseph. Not Joseph, Joshua. <laughs> Got to get your right Joe here. Josh. And, um, and Joshua is kind of like, this is not right. This is not fair. And t- says, Moses, stop these guys from prophesying. They didn't come out. This is not how it should be. But Moses, he's not experience with God on the top of the mountain. Do you remember when he said, show me your glory? Show me more of who you are. He had an encounter with the living God. And he knew because when, when God sort of put him in the cleft of the rock, covered him there, and he proclaimed his name and proclaimed his goodness, that he was a God of loving kindness and mercy, goodness, forgiving sins even to a thousand generations. Merciful. So Mo says, it's okay, Joshua. Because Joshua was like black and white. Yeah, you're in, you're out. Those guys didn't come. They didn't make it. They didn't qualify. They shouldn't be doing it. No, mm, 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 off the list. Moses understands mercy. Because he'd experienced mercy many times. He was a murderer for goodness sake. Kill the Egyptian. Now God's using him. He understands mercy. He says, okay. And then he takes it to a whole nother level. And he says in Numbers chapter 11 and verse 29, Moses replied, says, are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets. 
and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. Isn't that extraordinary prayer? That all the people would be able to hear from God and would be able to speak and declare, tell others what they're hearing. That all of God's people would be able to see from heaven's perspective, see what God is doing and then declare it, announce it and walk in it. Hmm? That's pretty amazing. That the Holy Spirit would come upon everyone. That's quite a prayer. Yes. Do you know that God put that prayer inside of Moses? Because Moses was a prophet, he didn't realize, but his prayer was actually a prophecy. And that was fulfilled, as you know, on the day of Pentecost. And you'll see this in Acts chapter 2 and verse 4. It says, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The Holy Spirit came upon everyone who was gathered there. And so Peter is explaining what's going on. And a little bit later in Acts chapter 2 in verse 17, he's, he's quoting from the prophet Joel. And he says, hey, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. This is the fulfillment of that prophetic prayer that Moses prayed. This is, this is extraordinary, yeah? He said, I will pour out my spirit on some people. On all people, yeah? So Moses' prayer, oh, that all God's people would be prophets, would prophesy, and that the spirit would come upon them. In the last days I will put my spirit on all flesh and they will prophesy. Hey, hey, hey. So when the Holy Spirit comes, there's this link to prophesying. Some people? Oh, my word. The prayer was for all and the fulfillment was for all. And I guess all means some. The all means all. Hey, here's the wonderful thing. Is that the Holy Spirit has been poured out on all. And we are all called to prophesy. (gasps) Yes. You're called and 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 you're called. We're all called to prophesy. No one's left out. We're all in. This is amazing. Yeah? You've got to love God's plan because He's inclusive and He doesn't reject us. Just as Moses began to understand something of the mercy of God, we step into that mercy as well and say, Like, what have I done to qualify to prophesy? The only thing, you've just got to be part of the all. That's not hard. You've just got to be part of the all, and then you're in. 
You've got to love this, yeah? All right. So John the baptizer, he was like a forerunner. He came to prepare the way for the Messiah, for Jesus. And so he's doing some really weird things, getting people's attention, strange fashion, camel skin, yeah, strange diet. I don't think this one would have gone viral. Locusts, wild honey. It's like, whew, this guy's on a whole nother level. But people are so provoked by what he's saying. He's, he's, he's powerful words under the anointing of the Spirit. And he was regarded as the greatest of the Old Testament prophets. Mm-hmm. And so he, he begins to speak and, and he's, he's clarifying because people are saying, are you the Messiah? Are you the one? And he says, whoa, whoa, guys. There's another one coming. All right? And in Matthew three eleven, it says, I baptize with or in water for repentance. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. That with could also be translated in. Okay, because he was baptizing in water. Yeah, he wasn't doing that kind of sprinkle thing. Remember Jesus, he went into the water and then he came up out of the water. You can't come up out of a sprinkle. Okay? And the root of the the Greek word, baptizo, means to, to take something and to put it by immersion into a liquid. It's like the Titanic was baptizo into the ocean. It's like you take a piece of of cloth and you put it into a vat that's got dye in it. It gets absolutely immersed and saturated. It gets changed and transformed by being baptized. You take your Omar's rusk and you Baptize it in your coffee. You are soaking it. You, you, you take, you know, some kind of fruit or vegetable and you put it in a solution and you turn it into pickles. You marinate it. That's the meaning of the word baptize. So he's saying, I baptize you in and with water. He will baptize you in and with spirit. There's some serious correlations here. We'll explore on another day more fully. But for right now, just to understand that this is something that's going to absolutely change and transform who you are. Just like the cloth is never going to look the same again. It's been changed. Yeah? And John's 
baptism was one of repentance. Jesus' baptism was one of salvation. Difference there for another teaching on another day. But this baptism was with water, and then he prophesies, but the one coming will baptize with the Spirit and with fire. And we know from Acts chapter 2 that the Holy Spirit was poured out on them, and there were tongues of fire on their heads in fulfillment of what John had said. But this fire comes and it does certain things in our lives. One of the things that fire symbolizes in, in biblical understanding is that of purifying. He's the Holy Spirit. And so there's a purifying work of the Spirit in our lives. But there's also this thing of, of a fiery zeal, a passion. To be energized by the dunamis, the power of the Spirit of God. He's at work in us, causing us to live the God life. We're fired up for Him. Yay! All right. So John is announcing, even before it started, he's saying, hey, this is going to happen. And of course, the fulfillment on, on the day of Pentecost as well. Jesus... He stands up at the Feast of Tabernacles. And it's a feast that's been going on for days. And it's one of those wonderful, wonderful, you know, festivals where you just eat and eat and eat. And you drink and you drink and you drink. And you have wonderful time. It's like family reunion. Smile at me. Like, don't be jealous now. But yes, they would do this. And it would be wonderful just feasting and celebrating. And then Jesus stands up on the last day, and it's like the high point, like the last, the, the greatest day of the feast. And inside the feast and the festival, there are certain prophetic acts and actions that the people of God would engage in. And one of them was this thing of water that was being poured out. And so Jesus, he stands up and he says, and he has to shout because the, the microphone wasn't working that day. All right? So you'll see this in, in John chapter 7 and verse 37. On the last and the greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the Spirit has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this, he meant the Spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Okay, what's going on? So John, who's writing this and recording the gospel, he's taking the words of Jesus and he's giving us a little bit of an editorial input here because like, he's saying, hey, after the fact, after Jesus, his death, burial, resurrection and ascension into heaven he was glorified after that the holy spirit was given but way back here as he's talking about the feast he's saying this is what jesus was talking about so he's editing the comment in now 
and not waiting until the end of the gospel of John to tell us, oh, by the way, what I said then, this is what it is. So he brings the editorial comment and he inserts it here. Okay? And he's saying, Jesus' words, that if anyone is thirsty, let him come and drink. It's like we've been eating for days. We've been drinking for days. It's like, who could be thirsty now? But he was talking about a thirst on a whole other level. Thirsting for the things of the kingdom. Thirsting for eternal things. Thirsting for things of significance. Things that really matter for all of eternity. And he said, listen, if you come and you will drink, and and for those who believe, rivers of living water will flow from deep within. This is amazing. And he's speaking about the Spirit flowing in and through us. Stunning stuff. What qualifies you to have the river of God flowing in you and through you. That's right, being thirsty. Yeah? You are not qualified because you are an amazing theologian. You're not qualified because you've gone and done so many years of study. You're not qualified because you're such a good person. Your thirst is the only thing that qualifies you. Well, I got nothing. You know, I'm a nobody. Good, you qualify. Yeah, but I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. Fantastic, just come and have a drink. Open, accessible, and the invitation is anybody thirsty, come. Come to me, I've got the water of life. He's hinting at what we're going to see in the book of Revelation later on. The the river that flows from the throne of God. But this is an open invitation. Oh, that's right. Moses said, I wish that all God's people. And Joel prophesied, in the last days I'll pour my spirit on some people. All people. Who qualifies? Anyone who's thirsty. All people who thirsty. This is, come on. Yay, this gives us great hope. Because we're all called, we're all called to prophesy, and we're all called to have a river flowing. Okay? He didn't say, come to me if you're thirsty and I'll give you a drop. Then you'll be satisfied, done deal, you can carry on with the rest of your life. He said, come, and then a river. A river speaks of a continuous flow. We are invited into a continuous flow of relationship with Holy Spirit flowing in us and through us and bringing life wherever we go. This is the invitation that we all have been given.
And what qualifies you? That's right, just being thirsty. Is there anyone thirsty? You're in. You qualify. You got the job. You can prophesy. No pressure. Okay. How about some more things around this? So we know from Acts chapter 2 and verse 33, 32 and 33, um, Peter, he's explaining, he's he's preaching on the day of Pentecost, and he's talking about what was going on with the outpouring of the Spirit, what had happened in the upper room. And then he says in um, Acts 2 verse 32, God has raised Jesus to life, and we're all witnesses of it, exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. So the outpouring of the Spirit was the promise of the Father. This was the reward for his suffering. Jesus was the one given the authority and the privilege to pour out the Spirit on the earth. This is extraordinary. And so we, we want more Holy Spirit. It's like, don't go to Father, go to Jesus. Because Jesus is the one who's pouring out the Spirit. This is cool, yeah? Yeah, yeah? Okay. But this is the promise of the Father, and the Father always keeps His promises. So we know that the Father and the Son and the Spirit are kind of like working together and they're doing something to bring about a shift and a change in our lives and this is going to be good. How do I get there? I'm glad you asked. Won't you go with me to Luke chapter 11 and verse 11. Luke 11 verse 11. Which says, which of your fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Some of the translations will say, if you ask for a bread, you will be given a stone. All right, so. Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And the context here is prayer, you know, ask and keep on asking, knock and keep on knocking, seek and you will find. So there's prayer, there's pressing in for the Lord, and and there's asking and we will be receiving something from the Lord. So if you go and you ask for an egg, what are you going to get? An egg. That's good. That's good. I'm just checking if you were reading the scriptures with me. It's like you seem to be in doubt. Like, was this a trick question? Like, am I not supposed to ask for an egg? No, no, no. All right. And if you ask for fish? So if you ask for Holy Spirit? Can I get Holy Spirit? Ask, keep asking. Knock, keep knocking. Seek, you will find. What are we going to find? What are we opening up ourselves to? Yeah? We get in the Holy Spirit. Okay? And, now listen. If you 
know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does the Father know how to give good gifts? In fact, when you go across and you look at the similar passage in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 11, it says, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So the previous one in, in, um, in Luke 11 says, we'll give the Holy Spirit, and here it says, give good gifts to those who ask. In other words, the Holy Spirit is a good gift. Okay, now, we, earthly people, try to give good gifts to our children. And we make mistakes, we're in a fallen world, we're not perfect. But our perfect heavenly Father who is good in every way. He will give good gifts. He will give the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a good gift. Holy Spirit is not a bad gift. Holy Spirit isn't kind of like, well, I'm not too sure if I really want this or not. There's nothing sketchy or dicey about this gift. This is the treasure, the promise of the Father. A good gift. Do you want a good gift? The answer should be yes. The Holy Spirit is a good gift of the Father. Who is good in every way. So we don't need to be scared of Holy Spirit. We don't decline. Oh, actually, you know what? We decline. You know, we've got the scriptures. You know, we've got salvation. Actually, no, we decline. We don't want, no, 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 thank you. We just keep it safe. Because we heard like the Spirit will blow wherever He wants to blow. We're just like, whoa, we're not so sure. It's amazing how people miss the truth that our good Father in heaven wants to give a good gift to his children. And when we ask for Holy Spirit, we're not going to get a snake. We're not going to get a scorpion. We're not going to get a demonic spirit. I mean, this is absolutely baffles me. People have got more faith in the devil than they've got in Jesus. Because Jesus said, listen, you ask for good gifts, it's going to get the Holy Spirit. It's going to be good. Yeah, but what if you know, we say, come Lord, and then the devil does stuff? What? He's not even in the equation here, people. There's no, no snake here. No scorpion here. Good gift. This is not an environment for the devil. This is an environment for the Spirit of God. So don't be in a place of fear or uncertainty or doubt. Like, oh, yeah, something bad might happen. No, no, no. Good father, good gift. Yay. All right, so we want to pursue the good gifts that he has for us. Jesus, in 
John chapter 14. He's in a process of preparing the, the disciples for what's going to happen in the next, call it 51 days. Because, you know, it's going to be the resurrection and going to be another 40 days that he's going to be with these boys and then 10 days of waiting. And this is just before the crucifixion, so it's actually probably about 54 days, eh? Somewhere there. Because this passage in John chapter 14 follows on from John chapter 13. You guys are geniuses, man. John chapter 13 is describing the events of the Last Supper, the Passover meal. And Jesus washes his disciples' feet, and they have communion, what we know as communion, but that was the Passover meal that they were having. And then he begins to prepare them, and he's basically saying, guys, it's good that I go away. It's kind of like, what's he talking about going away for? It's like, we just had a few days ago, the biggest celebration, I mean, Instagram was blowing up. Yeah, the, the TikTok account has gone through the roof. Like we are just like top of the pops. Everybody was cutting palm branches and waving them and saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I mean, talk about making an entrance. I mean, Jesus like, whoa, he totally got them. They didn't expect it. I mean, he rocked their boat. He didn't come on a white horse. He came on a donkey. I mean, no one saw that coming. And people were so kind of like, whoa. They just like took their cloaks and they put the cloaks on the, on the road. And, and they just made this, this, they prepared the way for his coming into Jerusalem. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, Hosanna. And it's kind of like, dudes, man, we're going to take the city. That was part of the expectation. And Jesus saying, boys, you don't understand. Guys, you're, you're, you're missing something here. He tries to prepare them. And he says, it's good that I go away. What's he talking about going away? Are we doing another retreat, chaps? It's like, what are we going to do? It's like, yeah, I remember that time he walked on the water. Who knows what will happen this time, man. He might even go up in the air. Who knows? He says, it's good that I go away because another one just like me will come. And the guy's like, now we've got 2,000 years of hindsight, but for the boys right there in the moment, it's kind of like we hear the words, but we don't hear the meaning. But he's trying hard to give them some handles so that when it happens, they can think back to what he said and try and find their way back to him. All right? So, John chapter 14 and verse 16. He says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. 
The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. So much truth in these words. And we just take it for granted because we've read them before and we've heard them before and it's kind of like, it just like passes over us. But Jesus was declaring some of the most earth-shattering truths and differences between the old covenant and the new covenant. I mean, for starters, you remember Moses, that prayer? Oh, that all God's peoples would be prophets and that the Spirit would come on, on them. And Jesus said, but the Spirit will come. Huge difference. Massive upgrade. Blowing their minds. You see, because they've been walking with Jesus and he was alongside them. Once, they lost Jesus. In fact, more than once. It's like, who was on duty to watch him through the night? Who fell asleep? And they'll go around looking all over for Jesus. And eventually they find him. He's praying up on a mountainside. It's like, uh, Jesus? Uh, we're just wondering, are you okay? Is everything all right up here? Anybody upset you? We can go and sort them out. We'll be your bodyguards. It's like, what are you doing up here anyway? He's praying. They lost him. They didn't know where he was. Because he was walking, but he was alongside them. But now, he says, guys, it's good that I go away. Because when he comes inside. So we get this massive change, this upgrade from the anointing prophetic painting the anointing that rests not only upon which was the sign of God moving in the old covenant the spirit would come the Holy Spirit would come and rest upon but now see the book of Hebrews tells us that the old covenant is inferior but the new covenant is superior so we get this superior upgrade He says, now it's not just on you, now in you. Never leave you. Be with you forever. We're not going to lose him. So like, where's the spirit? Where's the spirit? No, in you. Not going to leave you. This is, wow. Yeah? So good couple of other things for us to note here. So this, from verse 16, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. So John 14, 16, there we go. I will give you, 
He will give you another advocate. The, the, the connotation in the original language, another, means another one just like me. This is extraordinary because the theme is being carried through. The Father and the Son and the Spirit. He says, dudes, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. It's like, we look alike, we act alike, we are alike. So Jesus and the Father, same. Different persons of the Trinity, but essentially unity, harmony. And then he says, and now another one, not the Father, not me, another one just like me, doing the same kinds of things that I've been doing, he's going to do the same kind of things. He's going to be with you. And the reason that this is an even better deal for us, see what I did there? Better. Good, best, better. The better deal is that Jesus, when he was in his earthly body, could only be in one place at one time. But the Spirit of God can be everywhere with all of us, all at the same time. Upgrade. Yeah? And, I mean, Jesus, he would sleep. Like, remember they're in the boat? He's like, Jesus, wake up, man! Don't you care? We're going to drown. Like, the Spirit of God never sleeps. Yeah? It's like, whoa, upgrade in every way. With all of us, all the time, wherever we go. Okay? So, another. I'll give you, an, the Father will give you another advocate. The word advocate there. Some of your translations will say helper. Some of your translations will say comforter. Some of your translations may even say intercessor. It's like, well, couldn't they make up their mind? No, they could. All of those things come from the root meaning of the word. So, para, kletos. From para, close and beside. And kaleo means to make a call. And put together, this was a term for a legal person who would stand for you and with you and on your behalf and would advise you and counsel you and would cause you to get a righteous judgment for your case. He would come alongside to strengthen and enable you. So that's the whole thing of intercessor and advocate. But also that strengthening, comforting thing. All of these things as Jesus is the great intercessor. Whoever lives to intercede on our behalf before the Father. And what Jesus is doing, the Spirit is also helping and enabling. Okay. So all of these meanings in this word advocate... Holy Spirit. And the wonderful thing is that his fees, well, 
No fee. All right. Verse 26, as we bring this, our time to a close. John 14, verse 26. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. One of the things that we, we're wanting to do in our journey together, and you might now have realized Oh, that's right. John didn't finish that course he was doing about New Testament prophetic ministry. That's what he's doing this morning. (laughs) Oh, yes. You see, what has the Holy Spirit come to do in us and through us? He's come to remind us of everything that Jesus is saying to us. The Holy Spirit, he's coming as the one who is alongside but also inside to cause us to get a righteous judgment for our case. And he's coming to counsel and to advise us and to strengthen us that we win. And... He's going to bring to our minds what Jesus, who is the eternal word, the living word, the word of God, what he's saying to us, he's going to bring it to mind so that we can live the words of Jesus. And we begin to speak the words he's giving to us. And we're beginning to do the actions that he's giving us the purpose for which we're here because we're here on purpose for a purpose and that purpose is his purpose so as prophetic people we live out his purpose here on earth which is to make earth look like heaven are you excited about this? Oh my goodness. Yay. Yay, 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 yay. All right, let's stand. Let's stand. Can we just say thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing. Thank you that you've come, that you've come for each one of us, that the only thing that we need is to be thirsty. So we're qualified. And all means all. And we can all jump in. And this is for all of us. So we say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the good things that you're doing in the world today. And thank you that you are good. Because the Father gives good gifts. Yeah. So we ask Holy Spirit, lead us this week. Cause us to be moved by you. That our lives would come into alignment with your plans and purposes for our lives individually, for our families, for this region, for the sake of your kingdom. Yeah. Thank you that you release peace into our hearts now. Peace. Let his peace quieten the storm and the chaos 
that's raging about. May his life pulsate through your body, strengthen you and energize you. May the joy of the Lord bubble from deep within and cause an exuberant spirit to rise within you. And may his provision be your portion today and into the future. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give him praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.